everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 241 for the week of October 13th, 2012. I'm your host, Christopher Tier, here with two of my favorite RP gamer personalities. First off, John Yearworth. I'm still painfully British. How many so times painful. do I need to reiterate, reiterate this? Can you get a Britectomy to get rid of that? Uh, no, I don't think so. No? Mm. No. No? All right. Uh, also with me, another one, uh, Anna Marie Neufeld. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now on local turf, invading the U.S., Commonwealth invasion continues. It's Anna. Uh, no Manny again this week. We're putting an APB out for him officially. If you guys see Manny in the wild, follow his Twitter, Marino EM, and say, hey, show up next time. <laughs> This is all point bulletins. Harass him on the forums. Get that man back on the show. I don't know. He's probably really busy with some life thing going on. So <laughs> I just haven't yeah. heard what. <laughs> Could be moving or something. I don't know. Hopefully we'll get Manny back soon. And uh, Michael Tidwell will be joining us in a bit. Right now, his uh, <laughs> he's having issues with a laptop dis- uh, disaster. And he's trying to get Skype installed on the new one. And a new laptop, or not new one, but it's his old laptop. And it's so slow that we've been waiting 20 minutes and it's just finished installing iTunes because he was in the middle of that when we, when we caught him. So we don't know how long it's going to take Skype to install. Yeah, do you mean to tell me the Apple stuff is bloated and unresponsive? Go yeah, on, that's why they're redoing it with the next one. iTunes 11, man. All right, so I don't know what's going on. He's trying to the log headphone in. jack is on the bottom. Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off by talking about what we've been playing. Oh, Anna. wow. We la- oh, if you keep forgetting, we launch into yeah. that right away. Yeah, we're doing that up off the bat now, so we don't lose energy at the end of the show. Anna, please delight us with what you've been playing. <laughs> um, well, I finally bought Mr. Pandaria last night, so I've been bopping around Pandaland. Yay! Yay! Pandas, 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 pandas everywhere. So, how's your monk been going, Quinn? Oh, I'm only like level 14 or something. Nice. Which uh, faction did you decide to go with? Horde. That's where all my other characters are. Ah, isn't that chick kind of a jerk to you? What? Uh, oh, the guy who leads the Horde Pandaren. No, 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 the chick. The chick goes the Alliance, the guy goes the Horde. Oh, I don't think I've run into her ever since I left Wandering Isle. Well, yeah, but she's kind of a jerk to you there. True, she seems a little annoying. I'm I'm curious to play it again on an Alliance server and uh, see what the difference is. I might do the same at some point. Hmm. I'm just learning from the chat room that there is a Secret of Mana arranged album available on iTunes for $10. Huh. That sounds awesome. Everybody should just stop listening and go buy, get that soundtrack. So I'm really liking the new zone. I feel like it's very, very lore rich and intensive, and it's definitely making me smile and laugh a whole lot. Hey, you Even as a 40. I wouldn't say you get a free mount, but you get a fairly decent mount just for uh, finding basically all of the lore objects and completing the quests associated with them across nice. the entire continent. That's cool. I'm excited uh, to do that. Yeah, if you get exalted with the lore walkers, who are basically an entire faction of lore, you know, it's in the name and such, um, that's how you get the uh, the floating disc mount. 
Oh, yeah, I've seen screenshots of that. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about WoW and the, the MMO in a minute, because there's been some fun shenanigans going on this week. Ooh, yeah, that's right. We got MMO in a minute back this week. So let's see. Did I play anything with you this week? No. No. I, I suck. Oh. All right. So how about, uh, what else did you play, Anna? Um, beyond that, I've just been playing some cell phone games. Um, I don't remember if anything is new this week. Oh, yeah, there is. Battle Nations. Which is like, build up a village and attack mobs. And it's kind of like um, Zynga games, where it's like, build and do stuff. And, uh, yeah. My only complaint is, I understand the way that they've monetized it but it's kind of obnoxious. Basically, gold is your most sparse resource, and that's the thing that they've monetized, is you can buy more gold. So that's my only pet peeve about it. But beyond that, it's pretty cool. Sweet. How, how do you like it so far, Chris? Because you've been playing it too. What, Pandaria? Didn't I talk about it last time? No, Battle Nations. Oh, Battle Nations. I'm still confused. We're still helping Mike get Skype installed. Uh, let's see. Battle Nations is um, one of those games where you start off really good. You're you're building, you're building, you're going to these little tactical battle maps, and that's fun. You get to do unit placement and and kill the other units. And then if you, any of your units die, you got to go back, throw them in the hospital, and and wait for them to heal up. Unfortunately, it's one of those um, you have limited amounts of things to do before you just have to wait for things to build so you can complete your quests and then generate more events to occur and so that kind of kind of takes the steam out of it if you, you know if you're enjoying playing 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 and then it's like well i can either spend real money to speed this stuff up or buy these resources i don't have or i can just give up and yeah i don't know so i'm i'm wondering if it's gonna keep my interest or not because it's running the same issues that Castleville has, where it's just a lot of clicking and then waiting and wishing that you had a lot of extra money to spend on it. I don't know. Nope, that's fair. I'm just, I'm not really thrilled with the way they monetized it, so I don't, I don't know how long I'm going to stay with it either. So, might give it another week and see how, what happens. The latest patch actually upped the cost, the gold cost of several of the buildings, which was like, oh, well, they just, you know, made the hardest resource even more scarce. And that's kind of obnoxious. So I don't know if I want to stick with this. So we'll see. What is this flow that you've been playing? Um, I didn't really play that this week. It's a puzzle game where you have... Um, colored dots that you need to connect together and it has to fill up the whole screen so i think i'm about 1200 puzzles in and uh i don't think i played a whole ton of it this week at this point i have 150 out of 150 on all the puzzles except for the ipad ones and i haven't played it on your ipad yet so okay what else have you oh, oh, oh i know yeah. what i played FTL. <laughs> FTL. Oh, yes. Yes, you did play FTL. So my first playthrough, I got to the final boss and didn't have anywhere close to enough missiles. So my second playthrough, I was stockpiling missiles to the detriment of the, um, to the detriment of my crew, who has been consistently being killed off. 
So I'm annoyed with the game and haven't played it for about a week. I haven't decided if I want to go back and try again. You it got really just... you got to the boss on your first try though. Yeah, that's true. I mean I could get to the boss again, but I'm not sure that I could beat him. Is basically where I'm sitting at right now, just because my crew isn't well trained. Mm-hmm. And I'm having trouble buying anything because um, I get damaged really bad, and then I have to pay for repairing the damages as opposed to buying upgrades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are you playing? Are you playing the game on normal or easy? Easy. Yep. Easy, 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 all the way. Anna and I played one other game this week, and we've been enjoying it so far. Um, we're kind of keeping pace. We both have three badges in Unova in Pokemon oh. Black and White 2. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so Pokemon White 2, that's the version I've been playing, and that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. And it is, uh, it's a Pokemon game. It's quite do, fun. Do we, really, do we really need to say anything more than it's just... It's a Pokemon game. Honestly, that really does sum it up for the most part. Um, My only additional comment that I would make is um, I find the balance of types are so much better this time. Yeah. And I like the story. I mean, yeah, there's not a ton of it, but it's pretty well presented. And having an opponent that isn't a total jackass helps, too. It's like, here's the friend you grew up with your whole life. He's a total dink to you. And this time it's like, here's the friend you grew up with your whole life. And he actually acts like he likes you. Hmm. I don't remember about the one in the last game. If he was I didn't or not. play a ton of black and white. So I'm just speaking of former previous games. I know someone who played a bunch of black. Was it Michael by any chance? I who think we- it was. What? <laughs> hey, now the mic works. Good. Stupid yeah. Mike. I hate this computer. Mm-hmm. So, Gary was never your friend. He was your neighbor. And that's the guy from Black One? No, that's the original. Gary. No, Ash we're not talking Gary. about him. We're talking about Black and White. Well, you guys are saying, like, well, your friends well, are Gary like. Was Gary I mean, was no, a jerk. Gary was a jerk. Gary was a douchebag who lived next door. It was probably a big bully who stole your lunch money. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, why Professor Oak like in the first place? I think it's because Oak was old. Well, and I just every figured kid he was, was nice. sexually abused and he was just taking it out on the rest of the world. Wow. What happened to Chris? Gary this Oak was Professor Oak's nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Him. I, I, my statement stands. Wow. <laughs> Have you seen Professor Oak? Dear and Nintendo, what he please does don't sue in us. Pokemon Snap? Come on. No. Well, maybe. I might have washed it out of my brain. But then I was trying to get Charmanders to make out, so I don't know. He's creepy. Grandfather. Um, Grandfather. Uh, Sorry, Strawberry. That's making the case worse for Mr. Oak. (laughs) Well, yeah, but Grandfather, at least you have the prospect of your kid can do no, your grandkid can do no wrong. So that would be why he was still in the game. All right, well, let's step through this. After Pokemon, we had Pokemon... Yellow was the same game. Then we, what was the next generation? Ruby and oh, Emerald? Uh, no, it was um, uh, Gold and Silver. Gold and Silver were next? Gold and Silver, yeah. yeah. All right. The, who was your rival in that? Uh, that uh, guy who steals a Pokemon at the start of the game and is com- a bit of a dick. Yeah. I mean, that guy you wanted to beat up. At least they made him more of an uh, antagonist. Okay. So he was also a jerk. All right. Then we have Emerald and Ruby. Yeah, but he wasn't your friend. Okay. Yeah. So Re- Emerald and Ruby were next? Uh, is that the next gen? Yeah. Okay, and uh, what was Rival in that? Uh, no, so Ruby and Sapphire. Emerald was okay. the third. Okay, fine. Ruby and Sapphire. 
I'm trying to remember. That was a long time ago. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers Ruby and Sapphire. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> that whole generation, nobody ever refers to it. Oh, what was it? You picked a guy, it's the girl. You picked the girl, it's the guy. All right. Were they nice or mean? Uh, they well, just, I thought one actually helped you. It's just a terrible character. You just don't remember them at all. Strawberry knows way too much about the people. <laughs> Strawberry See, knows a lot. I never cared about the characters in the game. I cared about the Pokemon. All right. so I actually don't know the characters. Well, nobody ever talks about Ruby and Emerald anyway. They were terrible games, apparently. All right. They were. Uh, they sound like they're the weakest ones the in the series. One more, yeah, but they introduce all sorts of really cool con um, concepts that we really like these days, like um, the multi battles and stuff like that. Okay, apparently they were nice to you and gave you stuff, but they were they were forgettable characters. All right, and after that we had what's after oh, yeah, Ruby? Oh, po- oh, duh, diamond and diamond and pearl. Pearl, and I finished that, and I don't remember my rival at all. There's some guy you beat up. It was fun. Was he nice or mean? I don't remember him at all. He was ridiculously hyperactive. Yes, that's what that, that was his that was his character trait. He was stupidly hyperactive. So he, he was, was like, probably okay. He was ass on crack, basically. Okay. And now we had. Then they came out with um, silver and gold again, uh, and then yeah, which had the same rival. And then black and white, and we. I had, don't remember black and white's rival. It was that. It was that really smart kid and the you're that hyperactive chick. Well, so apparently, apparently it was I've Bianca and Sharen. So they were really those were nice guys to you. And sure. one of them is in this game as a gym leader now, and the other one is helping Professor Ivy or whatever her name is, Juniper. I don't. I don't remember. Right, there's quite to... a lot of Pokemon professors. Whatever, whatever the tree that this Pokemon professor is named after. Okay, so you guys have three badges. Yes. I'll need to catch up. Yes. It should take me like 10 hours, maybe. Yeah. You should tell us about Quota Princess, Michael, because I know you've been playing that but this week. But we're not done with Pokemon. Yeah, we there's are. There's important things in Pokemon. In no, Pokemon we're not. Po- it was the no. same Pokemon game. But there's one important thing. The Sea Gear. Mm. It has the all the stuff that you would like do with people near you or around you and stuff, and it's like accessible mm. on the bottom screen all the time. Oh, so now it's not D-padded or something? Um, I don't know. You just press a button and you're like, okay, trade. You press a button and it's like, okay, uh, uh, go into the extra link with this person. And like, that's really convenient. So this is the first time I've played Pokemon next to somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like while playing through it. So those features are actually rather handy. What's weird though, is if I want to trade with somebody next to me, it doesn't do it over wireless. It does it over infrared for some reason. Like, they have all these wireless features in these cartridges. You use them. There's the transceiver. You can do, like, calls to your friends. And if you're on a DSi or higher, then it, it, you can do voice chat as well. And they have the the um, the rest. All the other features are in infrared. And I don't know why. To make you annoyed. I, it's like it, they have to build a little infrared sensor into the top of the cartridge. I guess it's to keep it so you can keep transferring Pokemon between the games. I don't know. But you could just do wireless for that too. So, uh, apparently, the other thing you can do is link uh, your old uh, black cart. Yes, black, black and, and I did that, and it imported some stuff, but I don't understand what. Probably secret stuff to find later. Yeah, hmm. probably. Just look through Game Facts or something. It's like I think it. Or Cerebi probably. If you be do better. things, it changes the world or something. Ah. <gasps> Don't change the world. But I don't know how. Did you actually finish Black? No. That might be part of the problem. But I'm wondering yeah, if I go I... and finish Black and then sync it again, what happens? 
No, see, that's what I wondered. Like, if I sync it and then I play Black some more, does it update? Yeah, it does. If you resync it, it updates. Oh, well, then it's probably what I'll do eventually. Did you not finish Black? Black was the first Pokemon game where I got totally bored in, like, the first three badges. Mm, okay. I was like, wow, this is totally not worth my time and stop playing. Well, yeah, and that brings us back to the rest of this. Um, it's still Pokemon, and they haven't changed much. Um, yeah. They, I, I, they, I personally, I never got into Black either. It's the reason why I haven't picked up the new one. All the dungeons so far, um, well, I call them dungeons, but, like, little areas that you need to go out and clear out that are full of trainers and stuff, they all feel shorter than they used to be. So that's, I think that's a, an improvement because those could drag and you'd always be leaving and coming back with more potions and stuff. Yeah, um, but I like that because the trainers are where the XP is. Mm-hmm. And since right. you can't go back and challenge trainers anymore, it's not really easy to... Um, well, you can once you get to the end of the game, right? Yeah, but I'm trying to train up for the Elite Four or whatever it's going to be. So it's mm-hmm. like uh, getting that double XP for fighting trainers is what you want. Yeah. No, you're right. And... I still don't understand why when you fight people, you don't get to keep the XP and stuff. And you don't get to keep the stuff in your Pokedex. It's like, What do you mean you don't get to keep the XP? When you actually do, like, online battling. Oh, okay. There's no if XP you ever, for that. If you ever battle your friends, you don't get to keep anything you do. It's just, like, for fun. Yeah. I'm like, that's dumb. That's kind of lame. Yeah, it's always been that way, though. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Oh, this one has movies. I'm making movies. Movies? Really? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm making movies. Okay. Good for you. You got a flip on your little polka pack? A, a flip on my little polka pack. Yeah, yes. a flip camera on your polka pack. Is that what you got? No. That's mm. not what I got. Too bad. Anyway, this is boring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what's not boring? Yes. Go, Go to, to Princess. Princess. Yeah, all right, tell yeah. me about it. It's too bad I already beat it. What? Um, yeah, I beat it last night. Oh, wow. That didn't take long. It's about five hours long. Hmm. So the whole point in Code of Princess is you play through the story and you level up one character, but you actually have four characters you can do it with. They're all different play styles. You can level them differently. The gear is shared. So now I can go back with kind of some of my uber gear and kick some butt on lower levels with lower, uh, different characters. Um, but really, after playing the game, it's like a five-hour tutorial on how to get really good at fighting so you can go and play with all your friends. Because I was watching some videos of people playing online, and I'm like, this is like, this felt like old-school TMNT. Everybody just get in and thrash, you know? looks really fun. So the story was like, oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was funny. Yeah, a few funny moments, things like that. But it wasn't like an epic RPG story. So it was kind of like, here's a minute of dialogue to get into your next form in a battle. I was like, eh, okay, cool, whatever. Um, difficulty was nice. It kind of ramped up, got a little hard at the end. Um, so I like that. But, you know, for a single-player game, it's not worth 40 bucks. But no. if I can get multiplayer and I can do some old TMT style, everybody killing stuff all over the screen, going crazy, no idea what's going on, that's what I want to see. Same as that other game, right? For the Saturn, Guardian Heroes? Yeah, but who who has a Saturn online that they can still play? Well, I have a Saturn, but it's not online. Exactly. I mean, I don't remember how to get the Saturn online. I don't know. I don't think, you, I don't, yeah, I don't think, don't think it ever actually had the capability to. Well, if the, the Genesis did, so why the hell wouldn't the Saturn? Yeah, the, the Genesis and the Dreamcast did. Like the Genesis had that crazy cartridge 
X-Link or whatever thing. And the Saturn service with your cable modem people. Um, I don't know about the Saturn. What did the Saturn have? Might have, might have had some kind of modem add-on. That they the were Super either. Nintendo had a freaking satellite attachment in Japan. <laughs> yeah, we did that. Get was that. just weird, though. Yeah, they've, they've got that set up. They got a Super, uh, uh, a Super Famicom in the giant bomb office, so they're showing a picture of it connected to a satellite thing. <laughs> Not that it's any use at this point. But it looked, it looked nice docked together. And by the way, the Famicom, Super Famicom looks a lot nicer than the Super NES. Yeah. We saw some at the Final Fantasy 25th anniversary. Did you? Yeah, did you not? It no, was at PAX. I didn't get to go to that, Mike. I was driving Oh, right. Up. Yeah, so they actually You guys had... left early. <laughs> well, because the... we went in, right? Yeah. And there was literally like all 13 games playable on the original systems. Nice. So you could go play 2 and 3 in Japanese if you wanted. It was like, sure, whatever. Um, they actually had TVs that were probably as old as the Famicom to play on. <laughs> so it was like, here you go. True 1980 experience. That's nice. The TVs, like was the text it hooked up, going off Was the it corners. hooked up with the RF adapter and it had issues like with flickering and stuff? Um, it was it flickering, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. They did it with the prong thing actually on one of them because I actually like tipped yeah, around the, one the, of the TVs to look at it. Oh, Anna, you're, I think, you're buzzing I think, badly. Ooh. Yeah, I think Final Fantasy 2 was actually pronged in. Check your connections, so was, Anna. What? But literally, Why like was Final it pronged Fantasy, in? Because that was the TV. That was the adapt. That was the video <laughs> input that it had. Wow, that must have looked awful. It did. And on 3, the TV was all rounded corners, and the text mm-hmm. would go off onto the edge, and you couldn't read it. <laughs> but it was Japanese. You couldn't read it anyway. So it was just like... I don't know why these guys are sitting there. This is like this guy's like playing it for like an hour. I was like, "What are you doing? Are you reading?" They weren't it? even kicking people off the machines after half an hour or anything. There were only four square people that we could find there, and they Everyone were just kind of like making sure I think we weren't like getting drunk and you know yeah, fighting it was, or it something. It was an open bar, so nobody was controlling anything. I guess it was an open bar with a line of about fifty people, so hmm. it wasn't really even an open bar. By the time you get your first drink, I think you went back in line. You'd be like a third away through the line, your drink could be gone. You'd be like, "Eh, this is dumb. I can get free liquor elsewhere." All right, so I guess they decided not to just take Super Nintendos and break the posts off so they could play the games on that. No, these were the original Famicom, Super Famicom. That looks nicer, I suppose. So they have regular Famicoms too, huh? Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I think think 5 was the only one that was on the Super Famicom, but yeah. Famicom looks kind of (laughs) crazy. I wonder if they had to blow in it. Probably. Apparently that doesn't Uh. actually do anything. It's supposed to get the dust off the connectors, and it did something for my machine, so I don't know. Yes, but they, they were doing a um, a test of blowing on the cartridge connector like every day versus one that they didn't. And oh, no, 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 not every day. Like, I had to do it like every two weeks. Oh, okay. Like, the one that was would... getting blown on was getting mold and stuff because of all the moisture that you're putting in there by blowing on it. Um, and, of course, oh. later on we learned that it's not the cartridge connector that was bad. It was the one inside the unit. Oh, yeah, so you'd always blow on the unit. Yeah. But that, that so, was corroding, I mean, and no amount of blowing is going to really clean that. <laughs> well, it depends on if you always kept the case closed and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, my problem is I just had dust, and it was just I would just blow it out, and then I I would only do it when the game was having issues. Mm-hmm. So it would probably maybe like once a month. You know, I start I'd put in a new cartridge, and I'm like, oh, it's not working. I'm blowing the cartridge, blowing the thing. Okay, now it works. You know, whatever. Are we getting uh, are we getting derailed slightly here? Just slightly, but now I want to get a Famicom with the disc attachment. Oh god! It has a disc drive. 
You know, if you get a CDI, I might have to disown you or something. No, I'm not getting a CDI. <laughs> Play one of those terrible Zelda games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go eat at the restaurant. Can you get your little butt upstairs? All right, bye. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see, what else we play? You play anything um, else, Mike? Oh, I played my hard drive died. That was a fun game. Um, I played more Torchlight 2. Um, I'm to like 30 now, midway through Act 2, I think. Actually, I can't tell how far... Hi, this is not upstairs. Upstairs is where your butt is upstairs. I'm glad, thank you. That's my child. <laughs> talky one. Um... They're not both talky ones? No, she's a reedy one now. So, I got derailed. Oh, yeah. So, I played Torchlight 2. I've been playing with all my friends, so the problem is I'm leveling three characters at once, so I'm not getting anywhere, but it's fun. It's still fun. Um, it actually will run on this laptop, so I might get to play it some more. I do not want to restart my computer. Uh, what about I your, uh, you have a computer a in your other office room you could play it on. Um, yeah, the whole point of having a laptop is not to be locked in my den. <laughs> Torchlight demands it. You know, Torchlight 2 will run on this 8600M, no problem. All right. Uh, stop distracting me. Faster than light. Yep. I've gotten all the ships but two now. Nice. I need to stop playing on easy because I've won six times in a row. That and, uh... I figure, I don't know if I'm going to keep playing after I get the crystal ship, but the crystal ship is so stupidly hard to get, I'll probably just keep playing it. I need tips from you on how to actually win this game. Um, how okay. to win this game. Number one, engines. Invasion. Always upgrade your, your engines are more important than your shields. Okay. Because if you can't get hit, you don't need shields. Number two, um, you need to really play the strength of your ship. So if you're using drones, like with the Engi... You really need to work on drones. If you're using the Kestrel, it's kind of a balance. So I think Kestrel is the hardest one to use because of that. I'd rather use the Red Tail, which has the four lasers at once because you're just obliterating people's shields and then you you know, you just do whatever you need. Um, I'm particular right now about the uh, the newest one I got. No, just the, the race name is escaping me. But... Uh, oh, the Biobeam person. Which one is that one? I love the Biobeam because you get so much money so fast. Because instead of in the first two sectors, you're getting 20, 30 scrap. You're getting like 40, 50. You get the augment arm. You're getting 60. You're just buying mm -hmm. everything. I mean, I get to like sector seven and my, sh my ship is maxed. I'm like, let's go just beat the crap out of people. You know, I was having trouble because I kept running out of fuel. And when you run out of fuel... The rebels catch you, and you have to fight a rebel ship that's much harder than you can beat. I was yeah. destroying them. In the first sector? In, like, the fifth sector. And they come up, and you, usually you're fighting things that have one to two shields and a couple weapons. And you fight a rebel ship. They have three shields, two missiles, three, you know, two lasers. And it's like they're trying to pummel you. And I'm like, they just got obliterated. I'm like, whatever. You're boring. You can I, would, I wouldn't even buy fuel. I'd be like, sure, run up. Kill me. What are you going to do? Oh, wait, you didn't do any damage. Oh, well, sucks for you. So I was being kind of cheap that way. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think I have to give up on easy. I, I remember reading forum posts. What's the point of um, easy and normal? Everyone's playing easy. I think I'm going to normal because I'm not dying anymore. 
Um, I think they just lower your scrap and the difficulty randomness is harder. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're more likely to find stuff that is actually has a chance of killing you. Yeah, sort of well, nothing's come close to killing me in a long time, so I think I better go up to that level. Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm good at adapting. I don't, I haven't run from a fight in three games now that I think about it. There was one where the computer ran from me. I thought that was funny. Like, we were just sparring. And you know how they warn you the drive was being fired up? They didn't even warn me. It was like we were firing, and all of a sudden he's like, I'm out of here. I'm like, where'd you go? I've never had a computer run from me. It was so weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, and I love the uh, the rock people. They're so awesome. You just get a yeah, ship full of rock people, and it's like, sure, set my ship on fire. See if I care. <laughs> They'll just jump on it. <laughs> so great. Um, I did get an achievement for, what was it? The world's worst odds. I had max engines and still got hit five times in a row. It's crazy. But yeah, if you want to win... Um, there's two things you need to focus on. You need yeah. to focus on engines okay? because you can't get hit because the more money you spend repairing your ship, the less money you have for goodies. Okay. Second thing you need to get is you need to find a way to break through four shields. So do you use drones to knock it down one and two? You really got to work on the timing of your weapons because what you want to do is be able to knock down their shields and then do damage to their ship. So what I like to do is have uh, a combination of lasers that will knock out the shields all at once and then have a beam weapon or or something that just, you know, rips the ship apart because th- there's just nothing they can do. If you use, there's one of the ships I have where it just, I have a beam that ignores shields. That one's really fun to win with because it doesn't matter what happens. You can't control where it fires, but you're doing four to six damage every 20 seconds, you know, that... Oh, the uh, one that comes on the Federation cruiser. Yeah, the Federation default. cruiser. Yeah, so which you, you can't to... get till you beat the game. Right. So yeah, yeah, but you can beat. You can still unlock it even on easy. Yeah. So I unlocked it with the, um, with the red tail actually, because what happened is I managed to get two upgraded lasers, so I was firing six shots at once. Nobody can stand six shots at once. The shields go down, you fire your beam weapon, you rip the ship apart. There's nothing they can do. You know, it's just, you're waiting to, you don't use auto fire, you wait till all your weapons fire up, you fire them pretty much all at once. You got to figure out the timing a little bit. But I had them, yeah, it was six shots, shields are down, they take two damage, the beam comes across, takes six damage, the ship is half dead in one volley. You're like, yawn, let's keep going. (laughs) So... That's really the key. The key is being able to knock out people's shields. I tried missiles. Missiles are so flaky. You can miss so often. They have defenses against them. Um, I'd, missiles are like the worst choice. Go for like the ion beams or, or ion bombs are good. Ion beams are good. Uh, the, the, the teleporting the bombs into the stuff to knock out the shield generators are good. I think fire beams suck. Pipe beams suck. Um... I thought you were recommending using four-beam weapons. The pike beam is really weak. Like, it has a short range. It can only do, like, three damage. There's there's whole beams that can do, like, eight damage. You can do five damage with a pike beam. 
if the rooms are small. Right. <laughs> but I'm trying all to the hit, corners. Yeah. I'm trying to hit key systems, not do damage. I want to do damage and hit the systems because otherwise they come up and I can't do anything again. So you all know right. you gotta. Um. But now I'm just bio beam, knock out the shields, kill the crew. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about damage because usually for the 10 hull that they have, they have three crew. If they're stupid, they teleported some people over so you can kill them too. Mm-hmm. Because you do that and you disable their teleporter, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. So you or, um, probably upgrade your cameras too. Um, Actually, that was fun because that, that's what it was. I played the slug, right? Yeah. I didn't even buy sensors the whole game. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't need to. I could see the red dots on the enemy ship, and I could target them. I didn't care what they were. I didn't care who they were. Okay. I just cared that they disappeared. So it was actually kind of fun to get all the way through the end of the game, win the game, and never buy sensors. That's funny. Um, other than that, you know, you just kind of have to figure out the system. Um, I do recommend if you don't have a blue option, your chances of success are pretty low. So be free to tell your crew that you're not going to help someone. doesn't hurt you that much. Um, always go for, if you can get long range sensors, get in as many fights as you can, if you can win, because the whole point is to build up quickly. You want to play in the early sectors, get two shields at least, and then just start building on that. Okay. So go for that. All right. And that is our FTL boot camp for the week. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Everyone went quiet. I thought we were moving to the next segment. <laughs> yeah, the next segment is Quinn. John, tell us what you've been playing. Okay, uh, before I get to the major stuff I've been playing this week, uh, just so I'd say about an hour ago, I did actually finally finish one of Final Fantasy XI's expansion packs. Like, oh, Which one? Uh, Chains of Promathia. Oh, the good one. Yeah, the good one. I mean, uh, if you, if between anything Zillart and Promathia, I'd pick Promathia. Oh, me too. Um... No, I, I generally enjoyed it. I um, was uh, in the process of soloing one of the missions in the last chapter, ch- chanced across a, a Japanese player who was dual boxing a monk and a white mage, and we just teamed up and finished the rest of it in about an hour or so. How? What do you mean, how? Don't they have Japanese midnight waits every mission or something? Uh, no, the only Japanese midnight wait in the final chapter is between the last boss fight and then getting the uh, reward from it. Oh, and then getting the ring. Yeah, which unfortunately I did about 30 minutes after Japanese midnight, so I have to wait until tomorrow. <laughs> That's okay. I've done that bite three times because I keep changing my ring. After a while, you have to start waiting like a week. Uh, I, I, I think in one case it's 27 days. Beyond the I think, third. I think, yeah, I think if you do it three times, it's like, all right, you had all the rings and you still can't figure it out, then we're going to just screw you over. Yeah. Eh. Wait, 27 days. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it, if you throw the first one away, you can get the next one the next day if you do the fight again. If you throw it away again, you have to wait a week. If you throw it away again, you have to wait four weeks. Because they're like, yeah, so- you're, you're- you're not stop, figuring throwing your, stop throwing your plot awards away, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I threw away, the, I picked up the, uh, the magic ring first because I was totally black mage dealing with um, damage. I was playing summoner. I was like, this is a great ring. Awesome. I love it. And then I became dancer and dragoon more than black mage and summoner. So I switched to rajas and I haven't switched back. Yeah, I was going to say I, was, I would otherwise have picked the mage one, but I've been leveling samurai a hell of a lot and I'm going to pick rajas as well. Well, the biggest uh, thing with that one is... The guys. mage one has not kept up. Guys. Like, no. the guys. Raja one is so much easier to out- outclass other rings. Guys. 
Uh, oh, what is going on? Anna, what is wrong with your setup? Unplug and replug or something. Um, <laughs> uh, she's the, from the, the dead. No, no, guys, guys. We just went no, into 15 minutes of... I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to move on. Shut up. All right. Anyways, yes. No, the big thing I've been playing this week was uh, I used the uh, VPN to US unlock method ah. on uh, XCOM. What? What does that do? I'm out of touch with XCOM. Okay, well, no, no, it generally applies to anything released on Steam that has a different release date between the U.S. and the U.K. Oh, uh, okay, he VPN to the U.S. VPN to unlock it. U.S. Yeah. and then he can get VPN. it? Yeah, which I did with XCOM on Tuesday. Um, so, now, uh, just to offer, like, a kind of fair disclaimer here, I was not an absolutely big fan of the original two XCOM games when they first came out. I played them when I was a lot younger, and I just couldn't get into them. This may have been down to the fact that I played Terror of the Deep first, which is arguably a lot worse than the first game. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of didn't really like it. The new game is really good. <laughs> like, if you like, um, like, kind of, uh, sort of squad-based, uh, turn-based tactical games, you need to buy this game. Oh. Oh, I was just asking in the chat, is XCOM? Because <laughs> everyone's talking about it, and I'm like, I don't even know what this game is. And well, okay, basically, XCOM is, um, like, set... It's a near-future game set where, basically, a race of aliens invade Earth, and you are the uh, you are the multinational task force responsible for making sure that the aliens don't conquer Earth. Yeah, okay. fairly simple setup. Uh, the game that came out this week is basically a kind of um, remake of the original turn-based strategy game there is another xcom game in development throw floating around but that's the one being developed by the same uh, studio that did um bioshock and generally people don't like it oh um for a multitude of reasons um but yeah no it, it's really fun um but it is very very difficult on any difficulty above easy in fact even on easy I, I have an easy run, and I still I'm I think I'm about two mission like storyline objectives before the end of uh, before the end of the storyline, and I have 19 total casualties amongst my troops. You know the game has permadeath. If you lose, oh. if you if if a if a soldier is killed on a mission, they're gone. Okay. And the game does have an optional Iron Man mode, which will basically keep one save game that saves at the end of every turn, so you can't save scum. Well, maybe. I mean, there's got to be ways to get around that, but yeah. Yeah, there'll be ways to get around it, but you know, chances are, if you've switched the Iron Man mode on, you, you want are doing it, that it way. because you want it for the challenge. Because you really hate yourself. Um, <laughs> now, I mean, it is possible to get um, it, there are upgrades you can get for your troops and one of the uh, more important ones is there is one where uh, the higher rank your soldiers, your soldier is uh, the greater chance they will be um, uh, effectively critically injured and can be stabilized if another soldier applies a medkit to them rather than die and they'll then be out of combat for about uh, 20 days while they recover but it's better than losing them permanently is this uh, like turn-based or is it real-time? It's, it's turn-based. Okay, so maybe and I wouldn't be of, half bad it, at it. Sorry? Maybe I wouldn't be half bad at it. Yeah, it's interesting in that um, the, the turn system kind of run it almost gives it a kind of um, like tabletop feel in that a soldier's turn is effectively uh, move action. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can move once um, and then take an action, which can be move again, but that ends the turn. Right. Or ends that soldier's turn. Um, some abilities allow you to change that. For example, assaults, who are usually equipped with shotguns, have an ability that allows them to uh, take two actions, then uh, so take two movement actions and then shoot. And mm-hmm. some weapons have restrictions that if you move for the first action, you can't shoot it the next action, which is applied to sniper rifles and rocket launchers. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's so a high range. You, yeah, well, it's a high range and, and general, they need to aim before they shoot sort of thing. And, no, do you really and, use yeah, aim I, with a rocket launcher? You just kind of like stand over there and point in that direction and you hope it goes somewhere. Um, the game is not exactly without, uh, I wouldn't say... Well, it does have a few minor gripes with it. Um, to anyone who's like a diehard fan of the original, um, the game will come off as feeling as a bit of a, a like an oversimplified version for the today's console generation. Um, and it is out on both PS3 and 360. I should probably add, I have it on PC, but um, for example, um, it is possible to cause like environmental damage, and um, it, yeah, weapons like the rocket launcher do have like a kind of free aim thing that basically allows you to take aim at things like walls where you think there could be enemies hiding behind. But mm-hmm. your standard weapons, which are capable of blowing holes through, uh, don't. don't have a free free aim option. You can only blow holes with regular weapons if you miss, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to aim at you, but I kind of hope I hit this thing over here. And, um, there's there's not a lot of weapon variety. The the weapon progression is extremely linear and only has like three stages, where you start with standard ballistic weapons, and then you move to um, laser weapons, and then to plasma weapons. I've um, also heard that the game is really hard. Like, if the more aliens come, the more the countries freak out and they stop yeah, funding you. Yeah, if there's, basically, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that's very hard to control on difficulties above easy, is um, basically uh, it's very difficult to keep the um, keep the funding nations in check, in that their panic levels rise extremely quickly in certain circumstances. And when, for example, when you get reports of alien abductions happening, uh, often they will hit three, three cities at once, and you can only send a squad of troops to one of them, which is also one of the reasons why old-time XCOM fans might not like the game, in that in the original 1993 game, it was possible to have multiple bases and have multiple squads. Um, and it was also possible to deploy more than six uh, soldiers for a single mission. Uh, the remake has it so that you only ha- you have multiple bases, but those are only used as launch points for interceptors, which shoot down UFOs. But you only have um, effectively one craft that transports soldiers and one squad. Although you can have like up to ninety nine soldiers sort of twiddling their thumbs back at base if you really feel like it. Um. So yeah, it's kind of like, if, if you really enjoyed the original, you might not like the new one. But for anyone who does kind of like turn-based strategy games, I would definitely give it a look. But it, uh, just with the caveat that it is really quite hard at times. All right. Well, I mean, there, there, are difficult, there are four difficulty modes. It goes easy, normal, classic, and impossible. Mm. <laughs> I like that. So, um, 
are you able to like build on things? Like maybe if I play easy for a while, I'll get better at it and I can play normal. I, I think that would definitely be the case. Um, the AI, the AI is still slightly shackled on normal. In that, mm -hmm. I don't believe the AI will attempt to send more than about five aliens at you at once. Mm -hmm. Bear in mind the maximum squad size is six. Whereas mm -hmm. on classic, I think they remove that description. Uh, they remove that particular restriction. Right, and but. Does my possible, team gets stronger, the, uh, though? Or do well, I start over each is, time? As your team gets stronger, the uh, the aliens start fielding, uh, you know, like a, a greater array of of aliens in response. Um, so while early missions you'll fight low HP aliens like the uh, sort of the grey looking sectoids and um, the thin men, which are uh, supposed to be stealth troops. Mm -hmm. uh, who only have like kind of three HP between them, uh, but then when you start, when for example, when you get to your first terror mission, you'll you'll encounter like uh, clusters of three of a monster called chrysalids, which you will learn to hate, um, who have eight HP and they take a little bit. They have a damage reduction effect on them. I think. Mm How -hmm. you like in the psionic enemies? Oh God, I hate those. <laughs> Well, actually, it really depends on where where I encounter them and who they mind control. Being mind control being the most frequent psionic ability they tend to use. Because, um, for example, the uh, the weaker psionic enemies. The, um, for example, when the game gets tired of sending regular sectoids at you, um, they start sending sectoid commanders at you, which have instead of having three HP, they have ten HP. And they can mind control your soldiers, but they're usually only one at a time. I don't know if Impossible switches that up, so that if you encounter a group of three sectoid commanders, you're suddenly three troops down. Um, who knows? Because uh, I, I said I haven't, I haven't gotten into hard difficulty modes yet. Um, so yeah, I mean, to be brutally honest, the more annoying thing I find than uh, psionic enemies actually is. Um, uh, enemies that carry grenades and you've accidentally bunched your soldiers up just a little bit too much. And it's worse when, for example, the grenade also takes the cover that they're standing behind out and then another alien takes their shot, gets a critical hit, and you're down one soldier. But, hey, that's XCOM. So they say. Hmm. The game is, I think, <clears throat> because the, of the pressure on the development team to make a game that was fairly faithful to the original, um, I think they kind of did have to make it quite lethal to your troops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, otherwise, because the, I mean, the, 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 even the game's tutorial, like the first tutorial mission that the game has you partake in, has an enforced casualty rate of 75%. Of the four people that are in that tutorial, only one makes it out alive. Hmm. Yeah, to get you used to the fact that people are going to die, and they're going to die a lot. Nice. So, yeah. Huh. That's pretty much all I've been playing. I, I, I've also just a little bit of World of Warcraft, but we covered that earlier. Cool. I think we're That's done, cool. Chris. Alright. Yeah. I, and I I'm done trying to figure out XCOM as well. Uh, oh, you're trying to play it? Well, yeah. That's what you're talking about. Uh, no, yeah. XCOM 1. Like oh. one. And I have no yeah, idea what I'm doing. And it of course had no tutorial. It was a game made in nineteen ninety three for hardcore tactical game enthusiasts. It's 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 not exactly newbie friendly. But it needs like a manual or something. I don't know where to get it, but Uh I I, I don't know. Where did you buy it from? I Steam. Oh. 
Uh, I thought they did provide manuals. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't I know. Go through the files. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right, let's move on to feedback, everybody. Michael's got to go soon, so we'll see how long he can stick around. But uh, let's see. First off, I've got a voicemail. Wait, this is all I've been doing is now playing? Yeah. It's already 10.30. I know. What time did you start? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Late. All right, here's our first voicemail. Maybe. Or not, you know. Okay, let me let me pump that up a bit. Just a little. Just a little. All right, let's try that again. All right, one more time and see if you guys can tell me what they're saying. Yes, that's the voicemail I got this week. I have no idea what it says. So there's something like Ahmed or something. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you'd like to leave a voicemail, hopefully more intelligible than that, 608-729-4098 is the number. Please uh, call now. Operators are standing by. <laughs> Not really. All right, we had a post on the forums from Hero Killer. Said, thanks for the big Trails in the Sky update, guys. How about a question for the show? If you had to kill off one RPG franchise to bring back another, which would you kill and which would you revive? Revived here, uh, revived means it has to have been dead for at least three years. Uh, that's easy. Well, I know what to revive. I'm trying to figure what to kill first. Well, actually, I'd just kill Kingdom Hearts because I hate it. And then I'd revive Ogre Battle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the response I gave on the forums was, I wouldn't mind the death of the entire WRPG genre for Skies of Arcadia 2. Ooh. Okay. Elder Scrolls for Dragon Force. For Dragon Elders. Force. Okay, first of all, Dragon Force, how is that a series? Because there's two games in it. Did we get the... No. Huh. I guess I didn't know there was a second one. That's too bad. <clears throat> I probably did and I'm just half awake but so, really uh, Elder Scrolls that, that one surprises me I mean not that you wouldn't like it but that you would pick that one to kill out of all of them <laughs> she doesn't want to watch me play it I guess I liked oh, watching you play it but you still want to kill but you, it but you can't play anymore yeah no more that's enough <laughs> I'm not that saying one was you can't enough. play anymore it's just a game that I have absolutely zero interest in besides occasionally watching someone play it versus a game that I completely adore and have sunk hundreds and hundreds of hours into more in the fact that we never got the second one and would love to see more of I mean that's an easy choice mm-hmm. alright alright fair enough um, what would I kill I'd probably kill Yakuza because we don't need any more of those. We've got six coming already. So let's let's move on from Yakuza. And what would I bring back? This is a hard one. Because, you know, I want to say things like um, Final Fantasy Tactics or Secret of Mana. But they keep trying to bring those back and messing them up. Well, I, I don't know if I'm really calling the Tactics Advance part of the same thing. And I'm not really sure what to call Tactics anyway because it still says Final Fantasy. Yeah, well, but Tactics Ogre was kind of the same series. 
No. Different, different. Yeah, it's different characters. No, Ogre Battle people. and Tactics Ogre are the same series. No, but Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics are like the same team, same same continuing well, yeah, design. Yeah, because they bought them yeah, and so, said, hey, do this again. Yeah, well, I want those guys to make another good game. Except take out Permadeath. Uh, no, I don't care. Just make the No, game I mean, good. that's what they did. They said, make it again, but take out Permadeath. Ah, okay. Hmm. So... Um, yeah, let's bring back Earthbound. I'm ready for that. And actually Earth, have it come out in the did US. You say, did you say Earthbound? I did. He wants uh, Mother. I think, if I remember correctly, the creator wrote Mother 3 with the express intention of never continuing it. Yeah, well, he's wrong. <laughs> That's why you find different makers. <laughs> oh, well. I applaud yeah, that the announcement. Enti- the entire point of the ending was Mother 3 was to end Earthbound. How would we know... How would we know? Yeah, how would no, I know that? that? That's true. Still, <laughs> I don't think you really should kind of bring it back from something like that. I don't know. I don't know. If they did Halo Earth, 4, what do you want? Earth, Earthbound, Earthbound uh, fans are kind of They're going to do Mass Effect 4. Well, that's because yeah. EA likes money. Yeah, let's kill Mass Effect. I, you know, I changed my vote. Forget Yakuza. Keep making more of those Hostess Club games. Let's, let's, let's kill Mass Effect. That needs to be done. And, I thought um, they tried already. Yeah, well, apparently didn't stick. What, by, what, by writing Mass Effect 3? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ending to Mass Effect 3. <laughs> They're doing yeah. so well. All right, let's wrap this up. What? <laughs> All right, forget this. I've got a review. I've got a review in the queue from um, our, our favorite contributor, or one of our favorite contributors, Mr. Zoltan himself. It's right, the legendary Zoltan with a review of Faster Than Light. Hello, my name is a legendary Zoltan. Da, 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 da. And I'm here today to review a game that takes place in space. Whoa, whoa. Why are you talking so fast? Because the game's title is Faster Light. What? Faster Light. What? Faster than light. Oh, okay. And as a gimmick, I will now sing your beloved Star Wars Imperial March, a song of three minutes and five seconds within a time frame of approximately three seconds. That sounded like crap, man. And now on with the review. <laughs> FTL Faster Than Light is a space flight simulator game incorporating elements of roguelike games developed by Subset Games. FTL was announced on February 27, 2012 via Kickstarter and released in September 14, 2012 for Microsoft Windows, Mac OS X, and Linux. Left bracket, one right bracket. That's the Wikipedia article. Why are you reading about it on Wikipedia? I... Don't speak English. Sultan! Because I haven't played it, okay? I haven't played the game. Well, why do you want to review it then? Because it's got a race of aliens called the Zoltan. It does? Yeah! Okay, I think we better review this son of a white dwarf. Whoa, was that racism? <laughs> nope, spaceism. Oh, oh my god, did you hear that? That's the oh sweetest joke I just ever. Made. Oh my god, this, this is the gonna be the god. best game review ever. Yeah, so how are the graphics? I don't know, never played it. Awesome. <laughs> Sound? Haven't heard it. Story? Let's just give it a three. Battle system? It's totally broken. I mean, really, all it comes down to is who controls the most Zoltans because they really are the Omega unit. They can do it all. They power your ship, they're voiced by Patrick Stewart, and they have Bluetooth. What more could you possibly want? I know. How about one of those Star Trek food materializer things that can create root beer? Oceans upon oceans of root beer. And that about does it for this review. Is there anything you'd like to add, Zoltan? Yes. 
root beer. Oceans upon oceans of root beer. Your RPG playing ass. Yay! Wow. Yeah. I mean, at least yeah, the graphics was, should have good. looked at screenshots. But yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I do like this. Thank you, Zoltan. Uh, they give you one free energy in whatever weapon or system they're standing in. And yeah. they have Bluetooth. They have Bluetooth. <laughs> but, but they clearly, also have... That's clearly, that's clearly how their ability works. They just kind of provide their free power into the ship's power grid via Bluetooth. Yeah, we have yeah. wireless power. <laughs> Zoltan came up with it. But they only have 70 health, so... And of course, halfway through that review, my email dinged, and it lowered the volume. Uh Oh, that's it. what it was. Yeah, that's what that was. So if anyone listening, like, why did the volume go down? And I'm too lazy to re-record it, so <laughs> deal with it. All right. Zoltan! Thank you, Zoltan. Maybe it will give us an actual review if he ever actually plays it. <laughs> uh, we've pretty much done that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, FTL has been talked about a fair amount here. All right, Ocelot hits us with our email of the week. Subject, Panda Landa Land. Number one, <laughs> Chris says he likes the new pet combat system in Mists of Pandaria. What does everyone else think? Who else has played the, the pet combat in Mr. Pandora? Uh, I have started, but I haven't kind of done very much with it. I have unlocked all three slots, though. Okay. I haven't trained a single character on pet battles. <laughs> what about you, Mike? I, I have a lot of pets that I seem to have gotten from friends that now they're all traded across, and I have like six cats and 30,000 other things. I don't know what they are, so I don't know what I'm doing. But you haven't gone and trained for pet battles yet. I don't even know where to do that. Okay, we'll have to show you where to do that. <laughs> this, this, this is so far what I've done in WoW. It's like, hey, here's this character. All right, I played to level, like, what, six or seven? That was fun. I'm going to go play my old character. So I bring him back, and I'm like, hey, I'm not 60 yet. And I push the find dungeon button, and suddenly I'm in a dungeon. I don't know what I'm doing. There's a guy sitting there. He wants a quest. All right, here's some quests. Kill some stuff. Got some words. Oh, look, now I'm 60. Okay, I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> well, you got to 60. <laughs> yeah, after four and a half years, I am 60. Thank Yay, you. Yay, good for you. <laughs> That's a slow clap for you. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's energetic. Though. All right, we'll have to log in and help you out a little. <laughs> but just a little, because I know you don't want too much hand-holding. Um, yeah. All right. Number two. You guys like, go here and here and here and here and here and here. And I'm like... I don't do that. I don't do that when I play with you. I let you drive. You just I know, don't but then me. I get distracted with something and you wonder what I'm doing. Huh. Hi. I just bought a package of button cell batteries the other day. And yeah. I just looked on my desk and found that I already had a package of that exact type of button cell batteries just sitting here. I must have already happy. bought them. I didn't even know I knew. Oh. This is Chris. I'm this very is smart. Chris on ADD. I have you extra buttons. The difference. I have extra button cells. 2032s, if anyone's wondering. CR 2032s. Overpriced. Oh, All right, there. number two. If you could play one and only... If you could pl- only play one and could never again touch the other, do you pick Guild Wars 2 or Miss of Pandaria? Well, see, there's a Guild catch Wars there, too. right? Because well, one's an expansion, one's a game. Miss of Pandora, you won't get the next expansion either, right? So you kind of uh, get locked out of WoW there. Strange, yeah. strange as it might sound, I think I'd actually pick Miss of Pandaria in that I do have Guild Wars too, and yeah, I do enjoy it quite a lot. Well, okay, past tense, I seemed to enjoy it quite a lot, but I haven't touched it in like three weeks. I hit like level thirty-five and just suddenly stopped. Well, I think I, that's kind really of how cool. Guild Wars 2 works, though, is that you can do that. Well, yeah, there is that advantage in that after, uh, well, I would have I would have said um, after, you know, World, World of Warcraft finally winds down, Guild Wars 2 would still be there without a subscription fee, but then I remembered that it's NCSoft running it. 
Oh, so they might not be there. <laughs> Guild yeah. Wars has been running forever. Yes, I know, but NCSoft has shut down how many games now? I think it's five or something. Well, I hope yeah. they don't do that Mostly to Guild Wars to 2. Mostly to make room for Guild Wars 2, probably. Yeah. Well, and I mean, do we count, like, you know, total failboats like Auto Assault and stuff like that? Well, we could. I was, and, thinking uh, more, I was actually thinking more of Tabula Rasa. I'm still yeah. going to remember that one. Yeah, but that and, wasn't too um, was it? I thought it was ArenaNet. No, NCSoft was by the British guy. Uh, Tabula Rasa was developed by a development team headed by Richard Garriott, but it, the yeah. game itself was run by NCSoft. Yeah, he sued them because he went into space for them and then they fired him. They're, they're basically, his resignation was, uh, there was a lot of disputed stuff, but he did eventually win a lawsuit over it for like $27 million. And that would probably be why they're like, you know what, we're not running your game then. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was after they shut it down. I can't so remember. So that means I Richard Gary time... killed City of Heroes by taking all the NCSoft's money. That was, was kind of not in the same time frame, but sure. Yeah. It just took a while to see the effects. Okay. Yeah. Or right. the fact that City of Heroes isn't making money. Um, Who made APB? Was that NCSoft? No, no. And APB was EA. I still rip Thank EA you. over that one because they're the one people in 2010, I think it was, who managed to make an MMORPG that failed harder than Final Fantasy XIV. This is true. I mean, APB lasted, uh, I think it was uh, 11 10 weeks. Days. It was 11 weeks total <laughs> between launch and release. And in that time frame, Final Fantasy XIV is still going. Well, so... If I have to choose between Guild Wars 2 and Miss of Pandaria, I'm going to choose Miss of Pandaria right now because I have more friends actually actively playing it. And yeah, you're, no, you're I, supposed to pick think... the one to drop. Yeah, well, I'm going to drop Guild Wars 2 then. I okay. had some fun with it. I'd love to keep having more fun with it, but nobody else is really wanting to try it. So, so here's my problem, right? Everyone was like, play Guild Wars 2, play Guild Wars 2, play Guild Wars 2. And I'm like, all right, you know what? This is what I'm going to do because I'm tired of buying stuff that yeah. I never play. So I said, I'm going to wait three weeks. Okay. And if people are begging me three weeks from now to play Guild Wars 2, then I'll pick it up because it's a one-time price, blah, blah, blah. And of course, they No weren't. one has mentioned it since. Well, it came out at an everyone, awkward time. Yeah. When WoW came out, it was over. Yeah. And when WoW gets boring in three months, maybe it'll come back. Yeah, and hopefully there'll be a sale for Guild Wars. There's rarely a sale because it's their only income. I mean, you might get it for... 45 instead of 50, but really, that's not... I bet you Black Friday or something. Oh, that was kind of sales. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking mm, no. You're thinking no. All right, well, we'll see. Okay. I uh, think it's too soon. I no. think... It doesn't matter. We got you back into Pandaria anyway, so <laughs> we'll play there. Yeah. And then when we all get more of that... my entire experience, people. Look how far they've got me. You... I've got a panda. It's level six. I had some things come up. I'm sorry. <laughs> and my computer died. And your computer died. That doesn't help either. It did take um, it did take almost six hours for me to clear enough space on this laptop so I could run it. And then I tried to run it and said, oh, yeah, this is why I don't run this machine anymore. So <laughs> You might um, want to use your desktop. <laughs> might handle it a little better. Yeah. I know, I know. Poor, poor guy. Doesn't want to leave the, the room with the big TV. All right. No, I have to watch kids. Oh, yeah, that's true. And they can't come into that room? No. Ah. Hi, Rome. 
My room. (laughs) Question three. Let's keep moving. Who's interested or even heard about Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward, the sequel to Nine Hours, Nine Doors, Nine Haven't we all talked about this? I I thought we have. Not me. Don't know what it is. I've heard of it. I want to get it on 3DS. I figure Chris will get it on Vita. What is it? Nine person, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. I keep doing it wrong. But yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard of it. I'm very excited for it. I will be getting it. Um, we'll probably split. We'll probably get it on Vita and then um, we can each play through it or something. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, keep that Quinn, you've heard of this, right? Uh, I, yeah, I just haven't gotten around to playing it yet. Okay. Yes, I yeah, know. I I'm, I'm, a bad, I'm a bad, evil person and I should be The funny thing is, is I bought 999. I sent it to Chris. He sent it back to me, and I haven't played it. But the question is, did Chris play it? Yeah, he finished it. Yeah, Chris finishes games. Must yeah, I fin- that was I was a very productive period um, last calendar year, and I got through nine hours, nine doors, nine days. I like how playing games is your productive period. Shut. Up. Okay. <laughs> <Question> <laughs> four. And you're just among the RPG crew for the newly launched old school RPG Kickstarter. So I've reviewed this. No. I'm not I've never heard of this. What is this? Um, it's called sure. Old School RPG. And no, because it's an old school Western RPG. I just don't have any interest. An old school RPG is first person party based fantasy sci fi RPG brought to you by award winning veterans. Well, first of all, their their summary has bad grammar. You know, I scrolled down to the actual what so, we've developed. Yeah. They want a million dollars. Let's start off with that. There's not a lot of RPGs in here except for like can a Nakarox. Can I just and, point out that Obsidian did not ask for a million dollars? Yeah. Boy, did they get it though. Yeah, they did. Um, did they ask for a million? Or was it just slightly under a million or something? 900,000? Obsidian? Yeah. Yeah, it was like 900,000. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, but it's, also, are... it's also freaking obsidian. You know? right, these it's are award-winning not... veterans. Let's see. Oh, first of all, latest news, everybody. This is important to know. Latest news. They've added the cloth map tier. You asked for it and you got it. We've added a new tier, which includes the cloth map at a lower level. <laughs> Apparently, that's a big deal. Oh, boy. <laughs> Guys, I, I hate to break it to you. Cloth maps are actually not that awesome. Take not it from me. Five bucks, they're not. I've chased after them. I've received them and realize unless it's going to be like a two foot by three foot map, the little tiny ones, even the ones you used to get back in the day. I still think awesome. I have my Final Fantasy VIII cloth map. <laughs> review for the for the people watching at home. This is the Baldur's Gate 2 cloth map. All right. Look at this transparent piece of crap. It's tiny. You can barely read any of the text on it because it used a terrible font. You, it's not something you use while you play the game. Cloth maps are overrated, okay? This is a hanky. This is not a cloth map. All right. I think over. Chris is done. Yeah, I'm <laughs> over. All right. So let's see who they got. Um, some people who worked on Wizardry and, let's see, Dungeons and & Dragons and Commander Keen and Acronauts of Doom. The other guy, Tom oh, Hall. Oh, 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 an Acronox? Yeah. Yeah, an Acronox is the Tom only... Tom Hall. There's a visionary designer on Commander Keen and Acronox and Doom, apparently. So these are old school people. They are really old school. And the chick who did Wizardry. But this could also mean that they're just not good at this anymore, right? Well, it's one of the things. It's like, okay, so you've done things a very long time ago, and 
now suddenly you're all old and decided you didn't like the recession and you want to make money. I don't know where you're all coming from. Well, okay, they've got they've got people saying, "Hey, these guys are the real thing." Rob Rob Pardo from what, Blizzard. Oh, we I, I don't World have Warcraft. any doubt that this is not a scam. Not from doubt Minecraft. It's going to be a good game. Some dude who made stuff in Planescape Torment um, and Harvey Smith. Oh, okay, Chris Avalon. I should actually credit him. The guy's probably important. And Harvey Smith, a guy who's co-creative director on Dishonored and Deus Ex or something. Oh, David Jaffe endorsed him. Our Jordan favorite Mechner. RPGs are Ultima 4, blah, 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 Chrono blah, blah. Trigger, Chrono Cross, Wizardry. I'm going to just skip the, the title on that All one. Right, well, aren't they disqualified for liking Chrono Cross? That's what I was thinking. I mean, it's good they like Chrono <clears throat> Trigger, but, I mean, let's let's be honest... You're better off getting a fan translation of Radical Dreamers than playing. Chrono oh no Cross. no 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 no! I'm sorry. They're disqualified for liking Final Fantasy VIII. Oh. Oh no! They well, like it's okay to like it. Don't... It's okay to like it. Just no no no. Sorry. Favorite RPGs. Yeah. I'm gonna go new. Uh, that's a problem. When it's you listed like as one of your favorites, I favorite I like Final Fantasy VIII, but I'm not gonna call it one of my favorites. I like the first three discs of Final Fantasy VIII. I like the love story. I like um, the techno music that plays during Laguna's fights. I like the ability to get a sandwich while I'm battling. <laughs> while summoning? While drawing, yes. <laughs> hey, you have holy. Oh, sweet. Oh, while take casting a summon. While you're, you just take the control in the other room, pounding X the whole time for the boost. Oh, yeah, there was that too. Yep. <laughs> I just triggered once I had sucked 99 of the spells I could never use. That was all I needed. Dude. They have these crazy tiers that look totally modded after the Project Eternity ones. Um, mm mm-hmm. But uh, 10,000 soundtrack. It does look like it's ripped off the Project Eternity ones. Yep. They look like, like hey, they got a lot of hey, Let's similar. try this. Huh. They haven't actually talked really much about anything except for one paragraph on each thing. Here's the character, the combat, the story. We're done. I'm like, All right. right. So um, I don't know. Pass. Did they say something important about what it's going to be? Okay. You're going to have character, four characters, uh, the skills, professions, and bio, bio traits that change over time. Okay. Um, it's a fantasy medieval world. Okay. Um, it's a nonlinear story. Okay. And they have a bunch of things they'll add on if they get their stretch goals. So, you know, it's an old school style Western RPG if you want to back some people other than sitting. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I've never heard of loot drop, but whatever. I, I don't think they have a chance. Um, they got 22 days to go. They could pull it together. I've seen it happen, but who knows? Um, yeah, I'm I'm just reading like this is all the news we got. We like we get we we like our news so much, our tons of press that when we get articles from the same site again, we link that one too. Oh, cool! You you actually um, it's a time travel. The main character um goes back in time to the medieval version of themselves when reaching the world. Oh, you know what? What? I'm gonna go see Looper. So I'm going to be out here now. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Y'all have fun. Yeah, we will. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, number five. Who's got the coolest video game setup among the crew? Describe your game room and where you spend your time gaming. Uh, well, I spend... Uh, my uh, game room is set up for both myself and David. So we get to game together. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right, David? We game together, don't we? Mm. Exactly. All right. I well, and the fact that there's like, if if we count uh, 
Yeah, we count David's uh, laptop screen as a monitor. We've got kind of four, uh, like a kind of okay. we've you got, got a long table, and we've got like kind of four monitors just kind of going all the way down. All right, g- give me the bullet points. Brag about your gaming area. You got four monitors. What else you got? Yeah, four mount- four monitors if you include the laptop screen. There's a PS3 underneath the table, uh, which is hooked up to a uh, Blackmagic Intensity Pro, so I can play it, stream it through my computer. Ooh. Um. And uh, I built, did build the PC myself. It is a custom job. Yes. All right. That's actually about as all I can brag. I think that's, that's all I've got up here. Okay, that's something. Uh, let's okay. see. I've got, I got a forty-six inch Samsung LCD TV in my gaming abode. I've got it hooked up to surround sound system. I got the Xbox, PS3, Wii, and uh, a Saturn <laughs> currently in the room with it. Um, it's also my computer room is this same living room and I've got my, uh, PC with a decent, uh, 580 video card with an HDMI cord that goes right to the TV so I can play PC games on the TV pretty easily. And we've got our portable systems in here, 3DS, Vita, iPads, iPhones. So everything can be done here. So you can watch TV while gaming, you game on the TV and, uh, got a stack of games next to the systems and that's pretty much it, you know. Nothing fancy, nothing super super cool. But and uh, but my computer monitor kind of sucks, is what I will say. Well, it does mean, unfortunately, I can't really factor in because I don't spend a lot of time down there. I can't really factor in the uh, the setup we have in our lounge, which contains the rest of our games consoles, but also uh, the household's rather extensive model kit collections. Mm-hmm. Like I like I keep all of my model ki- my, my assembled model kits downstairs. So I can't really count those as part of my gaming den, unfortunately. Okay. All right. And Anna has, um, in her bedroom in Canada, has a bed that she sits on while playing either computer games or goes to the other side of the bed and she has a small HDTV that can play um, her PS3. Actually, what size is your monitor, out of curiosity? Mine? 19 yeah. inches. Oh, it's small. Oh. It's an L90D Plus from Hyundai. I got it many years ago. I have a... Uh, I can't remember the exact model number, but I have a... Uh, uh, I think it's 27, my one. Okay. Dell. A Dell gla- uh, girl. Um, it's the same... It's this, I've got the same... Um, the same basic type that they install in current generation uh, iMacs. I think. Okay. Yeah, those huge flat glass-covered screens that they have in 27 inches. Yeah, I have one of those. Nice. It's kind of cool. That's a pretty nice monitor. Oh, sorry. Oh, we got a phone call. So who's calling in? Who's calling in? Caller. Caller, you're on the air. Caller, you're on the air. Caller? Oh. I think we lost him. All right. That means we got to move on. Time for MMO Roundup. To kick off the news, Anna, do you want to take us into the MMO Roundup? Sure. Let's see here. Top headlines for the week of October 8th through 14th. Um, World of Warcraft, Mr. Pandaria, sneaks in new achievements, makes fun of a hilarious bug, asks, is Raid Finder too easy? So I want to talk about the bug for a second, because basically on the PTR, if you were a druid and transformed into your stag um, travel form and were able to mount up, other stags can mount on top of you for <laughs> what they called the stacking stag effect. And uh, there's some great videos out there of stag, stag, stag stags stag, that are like stag, 12. Stag-ception. 
yes, stag exception that are like 10 or 12 stags high. And uh, Blizzard very quickly fixed that bug, so unfortunately you can't do it anymore. However, they liked the bug so much, they have added a toy item um, that'll come out in the next patch called the Stacking Stag. And uh, it's a small stag that will stand beside you. And if there are other stags around it, they will all stack together automatically. <laughs> Okay, that's kind of awesome. Uh, Mech Warrior Online announces beta, then pushes back beta with an open letter answering players' concerns. So this is kind of a weird one. On October 10th, they sent out a letter that was like, yes, we are opening, we are having open beta on Friday. And then Friday the 12th, they put out a big announcement on the site going, we're not ready for open beta, and here's why. So I don't think they have a new date yet. But um, they have, they're like, yeah, we're just not ready for open beta. And uh, they made like a big list of uh, user feedback that they're going to be addressing and stuff like that. Um, Guild Wars 2 gets spooky for Halloween, adds new events, and authenticators. Uh, District 187, which is new, means new game, enters open beta. Dragon's Nest European servers giving away a BMW Mini Cooper. You have to follow their Facebook page and play the game. There's instructions between the two of them on how to win. Um, The Secret World has a new game director. He put out a letter about the state of the game and what he envisions for the future. Did a big um, exclusive interview with MMORPG. It's actually a pretty good read. Um, EverQuest, Reign of Fear, beta registration begins. Reign of Fear is the 19th EverQuest expansion. 19! 19th EverQuest expansion. And adds level 100. Um, League of Legends um, released a yearly infograph, which is great because it has cool stats like how many times Teemo is killed every minute. Which is, a te- quite, high, which is uh, quite a lot. Yeah, so Teemo is killed every 36 seconds? Yeah. No, no, it's, it's more... No, it's something like a Teemo is killed every 70.75 of a second. I thought it was Maybe. 75 Tinos killed per second. Yeah, 75 Oh, wow. No, yeah, I got that totally mixed up. So, yeah, it's yeah. got some cool things about subscription death. numbers and their concurrent users. And um, they had their world tournament this last week that they had to um, cancel because of internet problems and reschedule. Yeah, so, that, that pissed quite a few people off. Yeah, um, to make up for it, though, it's like triple IP this weekend. So David should be playing. David doesn't play League of Legends anymore. <gasps> oh, he quit? Yes. Okay, he, no, he plays it a little, but uh, okay. yeah, people are assholes. Yes, they are. Um, Spirit Tales add new instances and increases our level cap. Um, Blizzard attended the New York Comic Con, had some really cool things to show. Perfect World attended the New York Comic Con, had a really cool panel on Neverwinter. Um, Age of Wushu attended GDC Online. Too bad nobody from the media did. Um, there was a really good editorial on um, the MMORPG.com has a series that they're writing right now, How F2P is Killing the Game. And uh, it sort of looks at the how pay-to-plays rose and fell and how free-to-plays might rise and fall in the same way. And Ion Turns 3. Happy birthday. Yay. That was more than a minute. Sorry. That's okay. Thank you, Anna. All right, let's kick off our main news feed with the first story. If you have Pokemon, make sure to connect so you can get Genesect. What are you waiting for? It's really strong. It's like a legendary or something. All right, so I think that. it is. It's one of the. I think it is one of those downloadable legendaries. Yeah, he's really, really strong. Comes with a great move set. All right, 
Build your own Grimrock dungeon. That's right. If you've been playing Legend of Grimrock, which is a game I downloaded and really like, but I haven't gotten a chance to get back into it because I know it's going to just absorb me once I actually do. Um, they've finally gotten an update uh, that has the, the dungeon editor. So you can now get it. Uh, it's free if you own the game. It's out of beta. Uh, if you've got it uh, on Steam, you can download it from Steam. If you've got it directly from them or over uh, good old games, you can get it through... Uh, Let's see what it's... It's uh, a patch on their site, actually, at grimrock.net. So you can go there to find it. And let's see. Um, there's also... Oh, there was a sale, but that's over. So let's not tell you about the sale. All right. Uh, Nintendo eShop is going to have a new title that's an RPG called Crimson Shroud. It'll be out for the 3DS eShop. It was already out in Japan, so we're getting it here in the U.S. Um, I don't know about Europe. <clears throat> but it'll be coming out sometime in fall. It so is... I, nobody cares about us anyway, so... Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, it's created by Yasumi Matsuno of Tactics Ogre and Vagrant Story fame. He was the character designer, right? Matsuno, right? Or is he the director? I can't remember. I can't remember. I so can't remember either. I'm, I'm hoping it's the director, because that's more important than the... Suno Matsuno. Yasumi Matsuno is a designer. Okay, good. That's the good part. So that, that's a good sign. Uh, designer from Tactics Ogre, Vagrant, Vagrant Story. Um, and it will, let's see, it has re, it's trying to reimagine the tabletop RPG and puts the power of the dice in the player's hands to determine their fate. Wow, that actually sounds interesting. I want to play this. So it'll be out sometime this fall, and it'll be out in Europe in December. Okay? Crimson Shroud on the eShop. Stay tuned for more coverage on that. Fat Shark. I've never heard of them, but they are a developer. They're from Sweden. They've got a downloadable RPG called Crater, K-R-A-T-E-R, and it's going to be getting co-op mode soon. So that is a game that's already out. Um, sadly, I don't remember what it is. It's a uh, top-down action RPG that you control a party of free diggers as they explore post-apocalyptic Sweden for technological artifacts. That actually sounds cool. Uh, it is... Uh, they're going to have the co-op update. It'll be free of charge. It'll be out October 23rd. So if you're already into Crater, uh, look forward to more of that. I need to find like a good preview of this game because it looks interesting. I don't know how it works, but now I'm interested. That's two games I'm interested in so far in our news feed today. Innocent Life, a Harvest Moon, a futuristic Harvest Moon, one of the most popular Harvest Moon entries out now on the PS3 as a PS2 port of the... Oh, this is confusing. Okay. Yeah. So there's a whole PlayStation 2 classic section of yeah. the PSN on PS3. That's what this is part of. Yes, but it is a so, PSP game that was turned into a PS2 game. Right. And now you're playing the PS2 version on your PS3. Right. Okay. So there's two special editions of Harvest Moon, which is Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life Special Edition, and Harv- Innocent Life, A Futuristic Harvest Moon Special Edition that were originally on a different series, different system, moved to the PS2, now playable on the PS3. All right. Ten bucks. And you can get it in US, in North America. No idea about Europe. Uh, not at this time. Not at this time. Well, Joy. Not, li- not like you would know anything, because just to remind people, Natsume doesn't do anything with Harvest Moon in Europe. No. Yeah, they do. Oh, now they do? Nothing. They haven't for quite some time, but okay. they still hold the copyright and stuff for Europe. So every time uh, Rising Game uses the name Harvest Moon, they have to credit it back to Netsume. Got it. But uh, still, Net- Netsume currently doesn't pursue any publishing in, in Europe, so that's up to other companies. Um, yes and no. Yes and no? Okay. There's there's stuff that they still All I'm the saying is you get a lot games. of messages about, hey, what's happening oh, yeah. in Europe, and you can't tell them anything because <laughs> you have nothing to do with it. 
More or less. I mean, there's, there's honestly, there's some older stuff that Natsume published in Europe before Rising Star started doing anything Harvest Moon. I think yeah. Rising Star has been doing Harvest Moon for seven years. Okay. And Harvest Moon's been around for 15. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still games that are certainly eligible for the PSN that Natsume could bring over. Um, just nothing is announced right now. All right. <laughs> Gosh, whatever. That's confusing. No wonder people are confused on your Facebook page. Elmenage. Elmenage. Elmenime. I don't know how to say this. It's a series of first-person dungeon crawling RPGs. It's been around in Japan for years, apparently. Uh, None of them come out in the West. That's changing. UFO Interactive is going to localize Elmenage Original, which is a PSP remake of the first Elmenage for the PS2. So they're going to localize a PSP game because, you know, uh, the PSP is such a hot system right now. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of RPGs coming out on the PSP, and it's kind of weird. All right, so it's going to be a PSN-only release, it is what it looks like, and we just know that it's going to happen, and we don't know when. So if if you've heard of the Elman Age series of dungeon-crawling RPGs, um, yeah, what is it with PSP dungeon crawlers? We've got, we got Unchained Blades came out, which is awesome. Go play it. We have... Um, the, the Class of Heroes 2 that's coming, is that out yet? Or is that still on the way? That might still be on the way. And now we've got Elman Age was going to come hit. And they're all PSP titles coming out post-Vita. And, like, download only. Um, hopefully it won't be expensive. Because, uh, Unchained Blade's a bit pricey. Ah, you made it funny. I know, it'd be nice if it was cheap. Uh, and let's see... Uh, there's story summary here, but I will spare you because the you know that never communicates. Elmanage, E L M I N A G E, brings us to Orcs and Men. Finally, have a release date for Orcs and Men, and it's out. So it came out October 11th for Xbox 360 and PC and PlayStation 3 in Europe. Um, it came out in the U.S. on October 16th, which is three days from now, so it's not out in the U.S. yet. Um, let's see. Well, this is kind of weird. So in the U.S., it's out on PlayStation Network on October 16th. Apparently, no announcement of a 360 version in the U.S. yet. I don't know what's up with that. And PC download is October 11th in the U.S., so that's already out on PC. So of Arks and Men, you can get it. Just look around. You can get it. And uh, if you've been paying attention to this, you already know what it's all about. It is a... How do you describe Orcs and Men? Does anybody know? I'm not really that interested in it, so I wouldn't know. I think it's kind of like a, a I want to say tower defensey, but not really. It's more action and you control things and there's levels and stuff. Uh, I don't know. This trailer that they gave us, which I should should help me be able to describe it to you, is all like story cutscenes, so kind of useless. Um, no, I there's think, orcs I think, and there's I men. Think, I think trailer of the week goes to that, uh, the one they put out for that Divinity collection. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? I yeah, didn't. I didn't finish watching it. It looked kind of silly. It well, yeah. It's an it's an advert for their Divinity collection done in the style of an old infomercial. It's oh, hilarious. nice. Okay. I mean, hell, they even squeeze a. But wait, there's more reference in. From Larry and TV or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you I don't know. Didn't get that. So I guess Orcs and Men looks more like an action RPG. So I, I was a little wrong in my early descriptions. So, um, I think you play as a man or an orc. Surprisingly. And you kill stuff. I, I'd have never guessed. Yeah, I know, right? And you probably gain levels. So, Orcs and Men, y- you can get it. Just look around. All right. Ragnarok Odyssey, almost here. This, we now have a date for October 30th. Ragnarok Odyssey will be coming out on the PlayStation Network. And it is a, it's a Vita game. 
uh, and it's monster hunting style, so kind of like a Monster Hunter. And it is uh, 40 bucks on the PSN, and there's a special edition, the Mercenary Edition, that is 50 bucks. And uh, you get, what do you get in that Mercenary Edition? You get the game, um, some sort of art book that's labeled a Mercenary Guide, some trading cards, and an OST, which has some uh, soundtracks on it. Let's see, is it a full soundtrack or just like a handful? Eh, they don't say. 10, no, 10, no, just soundtrack, so I don't know. And that is uh, October 30th. I have no idea if this game's going to be good. Uh, it looked very boring at E3 when I saw it, but, um, you know, sometimes it takes a while to get into monster hunting style games, so maybe it'll it'll pick up. And it has online, so that's a good thing, right? Monster hunting with online. Uh, so, if you've been waiting for that, won't have to wait much longer 17 days divinity anthology was announced this is the um <laughs> trailer you were talking about quinn it is uh divine divinity and oh yeah beyond divinity and divinity 2 which is now got its third edition so we had divinity 2 then we had the the divinity 2 dragon knight saga now we have divinity 2 director's cut which i think is just dragon knight saga with a bunch of developer type features in it so you get uh like you get to play the game with like the console and the ability to hack stuff and spawn enemies and they show you behind the scenes stuff and and all that sort of things in this director's cut version um in addition if you get this package uh the divinity anthology you will get uh let's see two soundtracks from the game series 130 page developer journal stickers posters codes for in-game items in future titles coming from larian the publisher of these games and uh or developer i guess the anthology will be for pc only and there's a digital version which is already available right now actually over at uh divinity anthology you can like buy it right now um i'm trying to figure out where you can it's pay as you want and is it at divinity anthology.com no that's the that's where you can pre-order the real one the pay as you want where do you get that Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I don't have the link for the pay-as-you-want version. So pay what you want. Pay what you want. Let's see if I can get that for you. I think it's on GOG. Yeah, it's on GOG. So it's a bundle. It's a deal with good old games. And it will last for, I think, till the 17th or so. And you can go there and pay. So how this works is, depending on what you pay, is how many games you get. So... Um, if you pay a little bit, like uh, five ninety seven, you get Divine Divinity. If you pay, m- no wait. So if you pay anything, you get Divine Divinity. If you pay at least six bucks, you get Beyond Divinity. If you pay twelve dollars and fifty one cents, which beats the top supporter right now, uh, or beats the top average or whatever, it uh, you get all three games: Beyond Divine Divinity, Beyond Divinity, and Divinity Two. Just like that anthology I just described, except you don't get um, any of the physical goods. But you get the soundtracks and stuff and the wallpapers and the manual and concept art and stuff like that and and developer's journal. So you get all that stuff. It's just digital only. So you don't get it printed out. Otherwise, you wait and that whole that that uh, Divinity collection I just described, you can actually pick it up for... Uh... Oh, they don't say. I don't know. Div- Divinity 2, the developer's cut on its own is 20 bucks. Is that useful for... Or am I overloading you now? All right. Sorry. I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you listening. Like Chris, stop talking. This is confusing. Just tell me what I need to do to get Divinity. Well, you either pre-order that physical one, or you go to GOG.com and find this Divinity Two uh, package and get it right now. Or you you wait and just get Divinity Two Developers Cut for twenty bucks digitally on GOG, and you know, that, those are your options. I'm gonna shut up now and start talking about the next news item. 
because no one cares anymore. Oh, and find the find the YouTube video, the Divinity Anthology. All right. It is pretty good. Yeah. Gage the Mechromancer has hit Borderlands 2. Has anyone been playing? You getting back into Borderlands 2 at all, John? Uh, no, not yet. I was thinking of picking it up because it sounds like it has a very overpowered skill tree that would make the game easier, and that might be just what I need for Borderlands 2 right now. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm interested in this quote-unquote girlfriend mode skill tree of, of the Mechromancer. So I don't know. I want to check it out. Um, that's all I can tell you there. It's out. Go update your game, and you can play and it. And if the you have a girlfriend, she can play it. Yeah. All right. All right. So, oh, here we go. Of course, I did put a story in here about the pay what you want divinity sale. I just forgot that I put it in there. So, since we figure that out, we can skip that. Final Fantasy fourteen had some screenshots show. What do you guys think of these? Uh, the screenshots are kind of awesome, if only for one reason. What's that? You can dress your chocobo as a black mage. I know. Isn't that awesome? That's what I like, too. Yeah. They've... I mean, hell, I think even that was actually starting to swing Mac. Chocobo like dress up it. is awesome. Well, Mac's been. If I want to play dress up, I play Hat Party. Yeah, well, we aren't getting the sequel to that, as far as we know. I didn't so. say Hat Party too. I said Hat Party. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Four Warriors of Light. Yeah. Let's see. We have uh, the, the screenshots they were showing is on the PS3. So what they are showing off is how to control the game with a controller, which is pretty cool. But it means, leaves me wondering, hey. Does that mean you guys are going to update the PC version to maybe work with an Xbox controller pretty well? Because I'd really might, appreciate that. I don't that. know. It might have the option. That would be really cool. And you've already shown that you've thought through how to do it with controller. So, please? So, uh, I hope they do that. Uh, otherwise, the game looks pretty nice for on the PS3. Uh, and, of course, it will tax your PC and take all the graphics power you can give it. So, if you want to pump up your PC and make it look even better. Um, or if you just want to not deal with any of that. Get it for PS3. Uh, of course, we have no idea if this version of the game is actually going to be good. And by the way, in case you haven't heard, you're starting over with Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Your old characters aren't carrying through. So doesn't that suck? Uh, oh. Not really, because I never really got that. Yeah, far. you know, yeah, most people didn't bother playing it, so it's not a big loss. <laughs> I just feel bad for people who are trying to get to camp. I know a might be pissed off, but yeah. I'm not them. So, <laughs> basically... All right, so what else we have? Um, oh, yes, and we mentioned the Mechromancers out in Borderlands 2. What I didn't mention to you is that there's new DLC already announced for Borderlands 2. Um, it will be the Pirate's Booty DLC. And Oh, I'm sorry, the full name is Captain Scarlet and her Pirate's Booty. So whatever that means. Uh, it's got a new area called Oasis. It fo- focuses on Captain Scarlet. You'll be fighting sandworms, sand skiffs. There'll be new currency, Seraph Crystals, and it'll be 10 bucks on October. Oh, so it's out also in three days. 10 bucks on October 16th. It's part of the season pass if you bought the season pass. So there's your first uh, big DLC for Borderlands 2. And it has some nice looking uh, pirate gear, including a hook. So I kind of like that. All right. Oh, we mentioned Bell- we mentioned how Obsidian's doing that, R- that old school RPG uh, Kickstarter earlier. Uh, not the old school RPG one, but like the one that Obsidian's doing instead, Project, Project Eternity. Eternity. Yeah, they they uh, put out a screenshot. Oh, a single screenshot! Oh yes. God, <laughs> and it's being dissected up and down. So they put it out to to be a description, uh, to be an example of how nice their in-game engine is going to look. And yeah, it looks pretty. We have no idea if this is really a pre-rendered scene or if this is actually what's going to look like while you're walking around. But uh, if it is the latter. And I think that's what they're trying to say. It looks really nice. 
But uh, you know what? That, uh, that's a screenshot that's not really showing us anything in the game. So <laughs> Project Eternity is going to you know, feel I just, like... I'm just so impressed how you know right they're doing their press because it's like one screenshot and everybody's all talking about this again. No, you're absolutely right. And they're trying to hit more stretch goals. They've already doubled what they were originally trying to get. And they've got... I think it's at the point now where their stretch goals include things like for each um, so many thousands of backers we get, we will add more levels to this uh, infinite dungeon that we're building. Well, it's not really an infinite dungeon, but uh, this uh, endless dungeon that is actually limited by how many backers we get. So I think that's kind of cool. Like, so more people sign on, we're going to have a bigger dungeon for you to go through at the end of the game. And uh, they got other stretch goals going on. Crazy stuff going on there. I keep looking at this game wondering if I should buy it. And unfortunately, the whole page of the Kickstarter feels more like some big pre-order campaign, which, of course, if you've been following Kickstarter, is exactly what Kickstarter is trying to get away from. They're trying not to be a product marketplace, but rather a place that helps get ideas off the ground and running. And I just have this feeling with Project Eternity that I'm, I can get sucked into all this crazy stuff I can buy for a game I've seen nothing on and that development has barely even begun on. Instead that isn't of, coming out until 2014. It, probably longer, right? It's an Obsidian big old RPG. This could be a four-year project. Who knows how long this thing could be? So this, and I, I, I get that I, I'm going to pay a lot less by backing in the Kickstarter than waiting until it's a $60 uh, retail release or whatever. But gosh, I just, I can't help but think that maybe I should wait a bit and see what this game is like before signing on right now and then feel like, basically waiting long enough that I will forget everything about this game before it actually comes out. Hmm. Sounds like a good plan, personally. What? Just to wait? Wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and that's that's ultimately what I'm going to do. It'd be one thing if they really needed the money to pull it off, and yeah, I feel a little bad that if I don't donate now, then the game will not be quite as good as if I had donated. But, geez. Well, isn't isn't that what they're kind of... You know, want isn't that what they want you to think? That is what they want me to think, and and there's probably a little bit of truth to it if this money's really di- dictating the budget for the game. But gosh, um, it's it's just hard to buy a game that's not even demoable at this point. You know, so I I'm, I'm I think I'll pass for now personally. I don't know about you guys, but it's a nice looking screenshot. <laughs> I hope the characters look nice too. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Are you ready to go Omega? I'm ready to go Omega. This is this is actually the, the one piece of DLC that I actually care about for Mass Effect 3. This is a $15 add-on. It'll be coming out on November 27th for the PC, PlayStation 3, and 360. And it will be um, go, helping Aria take back the Omega Space Station from Cerberus. And I have been waiting to see this. Um, I read the comic series that talks about how she lost Omega. And so this is something that I will play through and actually enjoy. So November 27th, I will break out the Mass Effect 3. Maybe then I'll actually go and see what that new ending was all about. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and we'll have female Turians in it. Nice. (laughs) So apparently uh, that's supposed to be a, a feature. And it is double the size of the largest pack so far which is the leviathan dlc that came out in the summer i don't even know what happened in that but neither do i i didn't get it yeah what was that about i don't know it's probably just a mission or something like the other ones Hmm. oh okay so it adds some dialogue options to the ending of the game if you complete the leviathan dlc pack and then do the ending again i don't know i think i'll save some money and just get the omega one see what I want to care about or maybe I'll hear about it 
and wait. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to practice discipline. I'm learning to be a disciplined RPG buyer. I will wait and listen from to see if people think this is any good. Then I'll buy it and pass that knowledge on to you. All right. So that's it for news. That's it for the show. That's it for the show. It is it for the show. So we got one big thing to do. Number one, we got reviews up on the site for New Little King Story, Mugen Souls, and Agress Wars 2. Go read them now. These are important. You need to know whether you need to pick up New Little King Story. That's a big deal for the Vita. Um, we didn't even get to talk about it because it's like it had a stealth release. I don't know what's up with that. What happened to that? Is it out? It's out, right? Or did we get yeah. a review up before the game came out? Um, I think it's out. And you need to know why Adrian gave it a two and a half out of five. Because the first game people loved. So what's going on here? Mugen Souls got one out of five. Ooh, too much moe. There is no such thing as too much moe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can read more about those on the site. Um, second thing you need to do is help me beat everybody else on the team for Extra Life. No, help me be Chris. No, no, help me. So you I'm, have like a thousand dollars. I do I have not. 50. I do not. Do you? You do not understand. I don't have anything like that. I have, um, I have a URL that's not working. Hold on. Right. Mine's two nine 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 nine. If you need it. No, no, no. I've got three hundred bucks. That's it. And my goal is a thousand. Come on, I got to get to my goal. Sam's Mine's five hundred. Chop chop. Anyways, we're talking about Extra Life, um, which is uh, a charity event once a year. So next Saturday, we will start um, podcasting at about 8 a.m. Central. We're going to be playing games for 24 hours straight to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network. Um, Chris is playing for? I am playing for Gunnarsson Lutheran. And I'm playing for the Vancouver Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. I, I, may, I may be on that, uh, on that call just to humor them. Because you could always need use some, some British humor, right? Yes, we. And I mean, we'll, we'll need someone at six in the morning to keep us awake. Yeah, as long as I'm awake. Oh, you're actually, right. yeah, you're six o'clock in the mornings, like oh, yeah. the afternoon for me. So yeah, yeah, I'll be awake. So yeah, we had a great time last year. We raised three thousand dollars as a team, I think. Yeah, and this year we're at twenty one hundred eighty nine dollars right now as a team. So congrats, everybody, so far. But we got a long way to go. Our goal as a team is 5,000. So I need you guys listening at home right now to help us hit that goal. Help heal kids from diseases like cancer and everything else that can go wrong as a kid. They need special care. They need special hospitals. They need special facilities. And this is one of the best ways to get that money. It goes directly to the hospitals that people are sponsoring. We do not touch it. We do not handle it. Your money is handled securely through Children's Miracle Network. You just need to go and sponsor somebody by going to maybe tinyurl.com slash chris extra and that'll be my page then you can donate to me or you can go to extra-life.org slash teams slash rp gamer and that will uh get you the full team uh oh, excuse me team slash rp gamer no plural and that will get you the full rp gamer team and you can uh you can do it there or you can go to our homepage. we got a big extra life button on the right side of the site you can go there and we're doing prizes we're partnering up with psnation.org we've got a big old prize um uh, autographed Vitas. Mm-hmm. We have um, a chair. We have um, like a who's his name from the Uncharted? Uh, Drake. Yeah, we have Drake's chair. We have all sorts of crazy prizes. It's something like fifteen hundred dollars worth of prizes. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is donate ten dollars or more. Ten dollars more gets you in. The more you donate, the more chances you have to win 
All that's explained on the PS Nation org page, which is linked from our RP Gamer page. And you can uh, you can see all that there. So uh, some new arrivals to the prizes. We've got we've got curl plushies. We've got uh, <laughs> what do we have? Uh, Amazon cards, PSN cards. We got a bunch of uh, Dungeons and Dragons books and stuff from Gen Con. We've got. We've got copies of Assassin's Creed Revelations. We've got Bluetooth headsets, Sony wireless headsets. Uh, we got Last of Us PAX posters. Man, we got entire Vita systems. Um, let's see, where's the Uncharted? Yeah, we've got an Uncharted 3 Collector's Edition signed by the Naughty Dog team. Of course, psnation.org is going to have less Sony-related prizes. My apologies if you're more of an Xbox person. But we've got some RPG prizes in there as well that you can win. And uh, we're going to add more to that list this week. And we're going to do a drawing on a, we're going to kind of do a cool thing on, uh, on rpgamer.com. We're going to have daily, uh, giveaways to people who donate. So if you donate, keep watching the site. If you donate every day, you'll be thrown in a, for a mini drawing for a, for one of the codes for games, uh, like, uh, like Ease Origins on Steam. So if you'd like to win stuff like that, pay attention on the site. If you don't care about those uh, little downloadable games, you're going for something big. Donate right now. Actually, just donate right now anyway, because it's the right thing to do. Donate right now. Get your bid in there. Then follow us along on the day, October 20th. We're going to have streams over here at RP Gamer. I'll be streaming all day. Um, I'm going to be playing through a ton of... uh, panzer dragoon saga on the saturn so you can watch me play a lot of that um we're going to play ps nation's going to have a big stream with a bunch of different gaming events you can try and get in on it there and let's see what else we got going on is sam going to stream you think sam uh is tentatively streaming tam sam is tentatively streaming other people tentatively streaming uh join up with us just hang out with us in the chat room um we'll have uh we'll have a stream on and we can chat with you throughout the day and maybe we can do some ad hoc uh mario kart or something like that i don't know we're open for everything. And we, we might even do game. some giveaways during mm-hmm. Extra Life. Oh, do, I think do, we will. I, I've got some League of Legends skins here I need to give away, for example. I may or may not have some PSN codes. Ooh, PSN codes. There we go. All so, right. We'll have to do some wheeling and dealing on Saturday. Yep, I think so. October 20th. One week, people. This is it. Everything needs to come together this week. So please, get your donations now if you've been holding off. Thank you very much. And we appreciate your donation. And so do the kids that you're going to be helping. Um, I think that's it, everybody. So we're going to sign out, and we'll see you next week. Um, until then, if you'd like to leave us feedback, it's podcast.rpgamer.com for the email, 608-729-4098 for the voicemail. And uh, as always, board.rpgamer.com for the message boards. I think that's it. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye now. Hey, Chris, I need to blow my nose. Can you hand me your cloth map? <laughs> <laughs>